Tell two people, just two of them, or more, welcome home. I hope this feels like home today. If it doesn't, we'll see what God does. But again, I'm excited for the message. I'm excited for what God has for us today. We're in a series called Alien. Say alien. 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 Um, here's what I believe about us. We are creatures of habit. Aren't we? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, okay, let's, it's church. We should be honest, shouldn't we, right? Let's not lie. So let me ask you a question. Because I think that we're creatures of habit, those of you that have come to the church and, and before, how many of you normally sit in the same area, if not the same seat every week? Raise your hand. See? Yeah. And there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like, when I grew up, I grew up in a Catholic church, we sat in the same pew every week. Every week was the front right. Every week. I don't, that wasn't by choice. That was the only pew left, right? We got there 15 minutes late every week, and that was just for us. So, um, but we ended up just, that was the Gannon pew. That was where we sat. Creatures of habit. Habit is all over the place. Patterns are all over the place, if we're honest. When I, when I got out of college, my life was very habitual. Like, my nightlife, you, it, was, it was every night there was something that we were doing. And it wasn't, it wasn't always godly. Like, I haven't always been a pastor. I don't know if you know that. I haven't. I haven't always walked closely to Jesus. Um, actually, if you've been coming to this church for a while, you already know that. But those of you that are new, you'll find that out today. But when I got out of college, I was on the circuit. And the circuit, what I mean is, every night of the week, we would go out to a different place, to a different club. And I had great hours. My hours were 1130 to 8, and my weekends were uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Now, for a lot of people, they think that's horrible. But you can't get nothing done in the morning. You can't get nothing done in the evening. You're, you're, you're working Friday and Saturday, Sunday. But for me, it was great. For a single guy, I slept in till about 10.30, went to work, got off at 8, went straight to the club. And, I mean, Tuesday night, borrowed Bucks Roadhouse, $2 beers. Wednesday night, the ground round, Long Island iced teas. You drink about six of those and you're a talking monkey, okay? Thursday night, shenanigans. Shenanigans. So, um, this is, this, but that was my life. That's what I was chasing. And that was a habit. You could pick every night of the week where I was. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just being honest with you. That's what my life was. And if we're honest, there's habits all over the place. There's patterns all over the place. The Bible's got them. God's, God's very, he's got patterns that you can see in God's word. In fact, when I got out of the lifestyle that I was living for so many years that I just talked to you about, uh, God brought me closer to him through his word. And it, I start reading his word. I start reading the New Testament. This is when Jesus came and after. And when I'm reading the New Testament, I notice a pattern, a specific one. And I'm like, and I start writing down scriptures because I noticed the same thing God was saying all the time, all the time. And this is the first time I've ever got to preach on it. This is the first time I've ever got to speak on it. So I'm so excited. I want to see if you catch the pattern. See, God never contradicts himself. And, and the Bible always interprets the Bible. We'll, 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 we'll talk a little bit about that in this message today. But I'm going to give you some scriptures. I want, you, I want to see if you can catch the pattern that I caught. John 2, 15 through 17. Jesus writes or John writes through the words of Jesus, stop loving the evil world and all that it offers. For when you love the world, you show that you don't have the love of the Father in you. For the world only offers physical pleasure, lust for everything we see, pride in our possessions. These are not from the Father, it says. These are from the evil world. This world's fading away, along with everything it craves. But if you do the will of God, it says, you will live forever. Hebrews 13, 14, for this world is not our home. We're looking forward to a city in heaven which was yet to come. 1 Corinthians 7, 31, those who use the things of the world should not become too attached to them. 
For this world, as we know, will soon pass away. James 4.4, anyone, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy to God. 1 Peter 2.11, dear brothers and sisters, you are foreigners and aliens here. Say alien. Aliens here. So I warn you, keep away from evil desires because they fight against your very souls. Again, I want to welcome you to church. And uh, I, I know you're, you're smart people. You pick up on the pattern. We're foreigners. We're aliens. Other, other, other words that are from that root word, strangers, right? Uh, we're just passing through. We're, we're temporary residents. This is what it says. In other words, this isn't our home. Why do you think E.T. wanted to phone home so bad? He wasn't home, okay? He wanted to go home. This isn't our home. So we're called to live differently. That's what this is about. We're called to live in the world, because that's where God has us, but not to be of the world. But what does that mean? What, what does that look like? That's what we're going to look at today. We're called to be different, right? And I think you're different. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I always thought you were different. Tell your neighbor, I always thought you were different. And they are. And you are. We're different, but God's going to show us here something. Have you ever been to an environment where you knew it was different, where you knew you didn't fit in? One time a buddy of mine invited me to an, uh, an oyster feed. And I, and I love, I love seafood. I love oysters. And I'm like, dude, I'm down. I'm down. If, if it's free, it's for me. That's my motto. So I, uh, we went to this oyster feed, and as soon as I walked into the environment, I knew I didn't fit in. Like, it was cowboys from wall to wall. And I'm not talking the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't that good. Yeah, I'm talking about cowboys. And I have nothing against cowboy hats, wranglers, and boots. Nothing against that. But they were playing country music, and we all know that is of the devil. I'm just saying, I'm just being, a, come on, come on. How often can the two people break up or the truck break down? I don't get it. Whatever. Don't understand it. But whatever, I was, I was there for the food. I'm not lying. So they're deep frying these oysters, and I'm excited. And I'm, I'm like, whatever, I know I don't fit in, but I'm hungry. So they, they throw them down, and this cowboy next to me is just popping them in and eating them. And I'm like, Man, those look awesome. They look different, but they, I, I'm good. So I, th I put one in my mouth, and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know. That consistency isn't right. And they don't, they don't taste right. Like, so I don't think these are bad. And I said, these don't taste right. And the guy looks at me and goes, well, they're Rocky Mountain oysters. And I said, uh, there's oysters in the Rocky Mountains? And he said, no, Rocky Mountain oysters. You know, bull testicles? I'm like, what? I was like, ugh, 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 ugh. It was so, I was like, first of all, why would you do that? I, Why? Like, who is the first person that came up with the idea, looked at a bowl and said, you know what? Let's eat those. <laughs> what? What are you thinking? We, there's a lot of different things we can eat. Gosh, I don't want to fit in there. See, there's a difference between being different and just being a psycho. That's wrong. Oh, my gosh, I was so mad at my buddy. Oh, that's disgusting. I can't even, ugh. Anyway, so... I've already given you a lot of scripture, but I'm going to have you focus on one today. If you bought a Bible, a mobile device, look this up and highlight it, underline it. I need you to know this. It, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Romans 12, 2. I'll put it up on the screen as well. Paul's writing to the Romans and to you and I. And he says this. Don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you. Say transform. Transform, that means change you into a new person by changing the way you think. He goes on to say, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. 
transform, changing from within. That's the only way you can change, by the way. Did you know that? There are people that will try to change from without. That just means that I need to do this, I've got to do this, but you haven't owned it here. You don't believe it here. Anybody that's ever tried to lose weight or go to the gym and you're like, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to me. I, I pay Planet Fitness every month. I haven't seen them in a year. So, you know, that's just where I'm just being honest. I, I need help there. So, but I'm telling you, that's because I haven't owned it here. That's because I haven't owned it here. Let me say it a different way. Um, if you're married or maybe boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, have you, if you've ever gotten in a fight, I know that you, most of you probably don't fight with your spouse. That's great. Good for you. But if you've ever, ever gotten in a fight and then you're still mad at each other, it's not been resolved up here, but then you got to be in public with other people. Maybe you're driving to a party or driving out to dinner and you get in a knockdown drag out fight and then you have to show up and you're like, hey, how's it going? And you're smiling, you know, outwardly, but inwardly you want to you wanna take your spouse, throw them in your trunk, drive out to the field and leave them for dead. You know, you know what I'm saying? I know, maybe it's just me. So, um, or Jody, it's probably more Jody wants to do that than me. But... You can't, you can't fake it for only so long. Change has to start from within. This is the whole, it has to start from within. You've got to own it in your mind. You've got to own it in your mind. Jesus one time, he got mad at the, the, a certain group of people because they didn't own it here internally. They owned it externally. The Pharisees and Sadducees, these religious groups, we've talked about them before. The religious people. Jesus, listen to what he says. Matthew 23, I'll give you two verses. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want, but it'll be up on the screen. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, he says. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside, say inside, inside, you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish. Then the outside will be clean. It starts inside. It always does. And if I can be a little bit more bold and a little bit more clear, it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. The title of today's message is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Okay? I believe every, everyone here today, you want something in your life to change. You want something in your life to be different. I'll, I'll just ask a question. How many, raise your hand if you would like tomorrow, your tomorrow to be better than today. Raise your hand, okay? Raise your hand. Now some of you, you don't raise your hand, so what you're telling me is you want tomorrow to be worse than today. I can help with that. Give me your credit card before you leave today. I will make sure tomorrow sucks for you, okay? I'll just, I'm, that, I'm here to help. But even whether your hand went up or it didn't go up, I'm believing you want tomorrow to be better than today. If you want that, God's gonna give you a word today. I'm not kidding you. This is practical stuff that you're gonna be able to apply today to your life as soon as you leave here. I promise you that. Listen to this, and this is in your notes. Thoughts, your mind, leads to action. Action leads to habits. Habits define your life. When you're laying on your deathbed, if you get that opportunity, you're gonna look back at your life, and you know what your life is gonna consist of? Your habits. At the end of the day, that's all it will consist of. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. But before we can get to forming a good habit or whatever habit, before we can get to the action, it's going to start in the mind. I'm going to show you this. God's going to show you this. Remember Romans 12 to our main point. Let me transform you into a new person. Not by changing the way that you act. Not by changing even the way that you love. He says by changing the way you think. Isn't that nuts? He, God says I, it has to start in your mind. If, it, if you don't own it there, you won't change. In the world, I'm telling you something. 
To be an alien in this world means we can't, we can't think like the world. And the world wants to control how you think. Media wants to control your mind. Advertisers want to control your mind. The world wants to control your mind. But God wants to transform your mind by changing how you think. This is what God wants to do. He wants to change the way you think. He wants to change. But one of the biggest obstacles, I'm convinced one of our biggest obstacles to be different than everybody else, one of the biggest obstacles you're going to face in me is our desire to fit in. It's one of the biggest things you're going to struggle with. Me too. But what if I told you that God in heaven did not even call us to fit in, but instead that God called us, called us to stand out. God called us to be different. God called you and I to be the person that he created you to be. That's who he called you. That's what he wants for your life. So what does that look like, God? What does it look like? How can we have what you're saying? Say different. Different. He wants us to be different. And think about it. Why would you want to be normal in the world that we live in? Here's what's normal in our world, if you don't already know what you probably do. Normal is broke. Normal's in debt. Normal is addicted to something or someone. Normal is um, busy, busy, busy. Normal is chaos. That's, that's, does this sound like something you'd want? That's what normal is in the world. This is what everybody is. Uh, st stats will tell you this, that most people want to be happy. I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. I want to be happy, you want to be happy, that's okay. God's okay with us being happy. The number one thing Americans pursue is happiness. Do you know what a recent study says? 31% of Americans say they're happy. So that means 69% are not. So why in the world do we spend so much time and energy chasing the seven out of ten that are miserable, right? Don't follow the crowd. I tell my kids, don't follow the crowd. They have no freaking clue where they're going. They don't. I don't say freak, and I shouldn't even say it up here, so just forgive your pastor sometimes. They get carried away. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Changing the way we think. Do you know, um, this is where it's going to get real practical, because your thoughts are formed by what you take in, Okay? I don't want to get real technical and use these big words that I can barely pronounce, but neural pathways are in your brain, and those are formed when you take stuff in. When you take stuff in, it's, it's physics. What you take in is what you put out. This is, the, months ago I made spaghetti for the family, okay? They love when dad makes his famous spaghetti. It's, it's one of our favorite things, right, Jody? It's one of our favorite things. Like, and we eat a lot of it. We overeat, and we did that night, and my daughter Ava, she was 12 at the time, she was struggling. So she's laying in bed, and she's hurting, and I didn't know if it was the food or if she was just getting sick. So dad's laying with her, comforting her like parents we do, and she's laying there, and she's kind of getting more peaceful, like she's getting comfortable, and she starts to kind of doze off. Then I start to doze off, because that's kind of what happens when you lay down, and, and all of a sudden it's peaceful and quiet, and all of a sudden I heard, and I woke up, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I woke up to like um, Hurricane Ava, category four. It was serious stuff. And you know what was coming at me? Noodles everywhere, all over my face and my chest. Every, you know you're, you love your kid when you keep rubbing their back through that, man. It was difficult. But why did noodles come out? Because noodles went in. It is, this is common. What we're taking in. So I'm gonna give you three things. The, the, the three I want to say they're almost the only three thing, three ways you can take stuff in when it comes to your mind. It might be 99.9. .9, maybe there's 0 .01 I'm missing, but this will cover most of it. 
What am I reading? What am I watching? What or who am I listening to? Okay? I'm going to break down each one, so we'll put one up at a time or whatever, but what am I reading? What am I watching? And what or who am I listening to? What, what these areas will determine these neural pathways that form and allow more information to come in freely. This is science and this is biblical, both. You're getting it all today. So what am I reading? So are we reading, right? Some of you guys are looking at me like, yeah, I read fantasy football every week. I'm reading it and I'm checking it out, reading it. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? And, and don't say this. And if, if you said this in your mind, as soon as I said, what am I reading? If you said this to yourself, you believed a lie. I'm not a reader. I'm just not a reader. Don't say that anymore. I don't, I don't even need to know your background. I don't need to know your story. I know that's a lie. Do you know why I can tell you that? Because your father in heaven, he put together um, the Bible. And, and how he first initiated the Bible was having these guys that he spoke to put it on paper. And the only way you're going to pick up what's on paper is by reading it. So God, we're created in God's image, so you are a reader. So stop, so stop that neural pathway right now. And start saying to yourself, you know what? I may not read right now, but I'm going to. I may not take information right now, but I will. I, and you know why I can tell you that? Because I wasn't a reader either. Until I went to drug rehab for the first time. Where I tell people I liked it so much, I went twice, right? That's really a lie. I didn't like it at all. But it was necessary. So I go to rehab, and we all go to church together. All these dysfunctional misfits going to church. Kind of looks like Meadows Church. So we go, and uh, just kidding. We're, we're way more messed up than that. But um, we go to this church, and they're selling a book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And I'd never heard of the book, never heard of who that guy was or nothing. But you know what? I was desperate for change. God caught me. Some of you, you walked in here desperate for change. Lean in. I was desperate for change. And the pastor told me, hey, this book's good stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I got time on my hands. I'm, you know, locked away for 30 days. I'm going to, let's do this. I grabbed the book, changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my life. Number one, Rick doesn't use big words, so I understood it. It's great. Number two, it was like a chapter a day. I can handle that, like a few minutes. Number three, the book was based on God's word. So I'm telling you, that moment in my life changed something in me. Or I started to read, not just anything, but things that would bring, be positive and help me be a better leader and help me grow. And, and, and I don't know where you're at with your reading and maybe you're like where I was. I'm telling you, it will change you. What you read is huge. And that was a platform to one of the most important books. I've already shared it with you. Not Harry Potter, but God's Word. God's Word. If you don't read God's Word today, that's normal, okay? That is the world. You, you're, you fit in, and you were like me most of my life. So don't feel bad about yourself. That's just what most people do. They don't find the time because, you know what? We're busy. I'm telling you, if you take 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days, the Word of God will change your days. And you know what's been exciting me about Meadows Church? Check this out. The last two or three weeks, I've had two people reach out to me and say, Pastor, where do I start reading God's Word? I, when I hear that, I about want to jump out of my pants. Thank God that doesn't happen, but that's what I want to do. It's exciting to me because you know what it tells me? These people are going to get in God's word. Like, they're hungry to get in God's word. They're not asking, should I do it? They're asking, where do I do it? I'm like, it will change you be, be, because it'll change your mind and that'll change your actions and that'll form habits and that will define your life. So I'll tell you what I told them. There's no better place to start reading God's word 
than in the Gospels. The Gospels, that word gospel means good news. That is the, the, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell the story of Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced when you hear the story of Jesus and you read the story of Jesus, you will become closer to Jesus. And the closer that you get to Jesus, the more that he will change the way you think. And he will change the way you act. And he will change the way that you live. And he will change the way that you love. This is what Jesus will do. I promise you. Don't take my word. Take God's word for it. It's what he does. Ten minutes a day. What are we reading? Start with something. Start with a purpose-driven life. Start with God's word. Start with something positive. Make sure it's positive. Make sure it's something where you can grow. Pour into yourself. You deserve it. What am I reading? What am I watching? Right? What am I watching? I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch some. It's not all bad, but I'll tell you. Here's how I've been a little different than the world, I think. I, I told our family, we're, no, we're not watching Family Feud anymore. I'm like, you think Family Feud? But you know what I noticed? We'd watch it as a family. Like, every question has to do with sex. So I said, okay, I don't want my kids learning about sex from Steve Harvey. That's just me, okay? I'd like to teach them that. But that's where I drew the line. So you think Family Feud, that it, we don't do it. But I tell you that, not to sound all righteous, because there's things that we do do in my family that still, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there, right? But what are we taking in? Some days we just got to disconnect, right? Movies aren't bad. TV in, in, a, in a, you know, not wow, sustainable, not, not too much. What am I trying to say? Not too much TV is not a bad thing. So one day I'm disconnecting, and I'm like you. I'm not perfect. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a movie, my Sabbath day, my day off. So, uh, and once in a while, I'll watch a rated R movie. I know, that's, that's bad. I know I shouldn't be doing that as your pastor, but I'm just being honest with you. But I thought, you know what? It's rated R, but how bad can a superhero movie be? I thought. Say Deadpool. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Don't raise your hand. You don't want your neighbor to know it. My gosh. Oh, my. Thank God the kids were in school. I, I, you know what? I, I, I had to finish it because I had to see how it ended. And then I had to rent Deadpool 2 just to see if that was as bad as the first one. It was. So it's a work in progress. I, but I want, I want to ask you, what are you allowing in your mind? In, oh, uh, guys, I'll speak to you because we're the ones that probably struggle with pornography more than women. The women do too. But on your computer, on your laptop, what are you allowing into your mind? Maybe you're to the point where it's too far gone. I tell you what, you're never too far, far gone for what God has for you. He loves you. He can forgive you today and he wants to. He is in love with you and he can heal you from what you struggle with. He can make you new. He can do that. But what are you allowing in? Because the more you allow that in, and even, even small things, I mean, because little things lead to a big difference. You know, I go to a website all the time with my kids. They want to watch PG-13 movies, and they're right at that age. And some, I'm like, eh. So I go to kidsinmind.com. Boy, you want an incredible website to go to, to check a movie before you go to it? Kidsinmind.com. It'll tell you exactly the scenes and what they are for violence or sex or language. I probably should have went to that before I rented Deadpool, huh? Whatever. So you live and you learn. But that's an incredible movie or incredible website. But my kids are always like, well, Dad, everybody gets to watch it. Everybody's going there. Everybody's doing it. I'm like, that should be a clue. Everybody's doing it. What are we in? Alien. You don't want to be like everybody else. And by the way, everybody's not doing it. Stop exaggerating. I don't care what the song says. Not everybody was kung fu fighting, okay? I wasn't. I wasn't doing it. So don't lie. Not everybody's doing it. Half of you got that and half of you didn't. It's okay. It's okay. So, 
not everybody's doing it. And if everybody's doing it, that should, that should be an indicator that we shouldn't do it. So I'm just, I just really want you to guard what you bring in. And maybe you're watching three hours of TV a night. You know what? Back it up to two and a half. And spend that half hour in prayer and 10 minutes in God's word in that section. That's, I'm telling you, that switch alone will dra drastically change you if you do it. What are we watching? But it's just a little bit of swearing. It's just a little bit of nudity. It's just a little bit. I heard a pastor tell a story one time. He said, you know what? If you're making brownies, and I love brownies. I love chocolate. I'm addicted to that. That's, you know, that's a good addiction, I think. But I, we make brownies at our house. But what if he said, what if I just took a little bit of Rudy's dog poop, our dog? Just a little bit of poop. And I put it in the brownie mix. And I mix it all up. It's all mixed in, so you can't tell. I bake those brownies. They smell good for the most part. You take them out. Are you going to eat that brownie? Are you going to eat this? I mean, if you are, do not raise your hand. You're weird, okay? But, geez, what's wrong with you? We got some Rocky Mountain oysters for you. Anyway, so, no, you're not eating that. Why? Even though it's a little bit, it contaminated. That's what it does. You should be different. You should want different for your kids. What are we watching? I think we get the point. Thirdly, what am I listening to? As I've grown closer to Jesus over the last 11 years, I've had to continually modify my playlist on my iPhone. You know, taking things out, taking things out. And it's not where it should be yet. I'm working on it. Some songs get me motivated, and I know, eh, you know. So it's, it's progress. It's not perfection, okay? But I'm asking you, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? The news. Are you listening a lot to the news? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't watch the news a lot, okay? I've, I've almost, I'm like, I'll check CNN or whatever quickly on, on, on my, but I don't watch it a lot. I, 90... Study. This is not my opinion. This is a study that was done. 90% when you can check it yourself. 90% of what's on the news, negative. 90%. Do you want to feed yourself with negativity? We just said what you take in is what comes out. It's negative. It's opinion. It's not even the news anymore. It's opinion shows now anyway. Don't do that to yourself. If anything big happens that you need to know, you're going to find out. If World War III breaks out, someone's going to tell you, okay? Right? If we get hit by Hurricane Ava, you'll, you'll feel it. I did. So you'll figure it out. You're not missing much. You're not missing much. What or who are you listening to? What I just shared with you, the three things there, that's your mind. That will make up your neural pathways. That will make up your mind and what you think and what you believe about yourself. Because the story that you tell yourself, you've been trained to believe, either by yourself or positive people or negative people or negative influences or positive influences. That's why you think the way you think. But with all that said, we should talk about the, the, uh, the um, elephant in the room. Yeah, my phone for a second. You know, the phone, right? This is all that. What we read, what we watch, what we listen to, we, we can do it right here. Our culture has changed. I, family feud 10 years ago isn't the family feud of today. Does that make sense? It's normal. People don't bat an eye about it. But it's changed. Movies have changed. It's all sitcoms. It's all changed. It doesn't mean that you should change with it. That's the, what the purpose of Alien. But this is the biggest game changer there's been in the last 10 to 15 years. Right here. And on here is, is social media. Right? Now social media is not bad. It's not the devil. It's a tool, okay? It can be used for good or bad, not anti-social media. I think, I think Jesus would have an Instagram account. I think it would look different than a lot of ours, but I think Jesus would have it because Jesus would do whatever it takes to reach people. So it's, it, it, it's like our church has an Instagram. Our church has Facebook. Our church has YouTube. 
I, I mean, I beg you to subscribe to those. I want you to share that stuff. But you know what? You know why? What you're going to get on those platforms is positive. What you're going to get on our platforms is encouragement, is love, is God's word. That's what you're going to get. And I want to feed you that because I know that if I can train your mind to think that way, or God can, I know that's what will come out. But I also know that social media has changed the game in a lot of different ways. Opinions now. Are, now we can share our opinion for hiding behind a computer screen or a phone and kind of be shielded from the world. Isn't that great? Opinions. Just like the old saying goes, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one, right? <laughs> noses. Um, this has changed the world. It has. And this isn't going away. I don't think it has to. I just think we as God's children, or we as God's people, we as God's aliens, we need to live differently. The average person spends two hours on social media a day. I think that's probably even an underestimate in my opinion. I just believe that. Again, it's not all bad. But what are we allowing, what are we, okay, I'm just going to say it. A lot of what I see on my feed anyway is a lot of political stuff. And it's a lot of opinions about it. And I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand why someone would get in a political debate online. I don't get it. I've never, I've never heard someone say, thank you so much for what you shared on Facebook last night about your political view. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I see the light. I've changed my stance. I've changed my view. I've changed my vote. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've said no one ever. No one's saying that. And it will never happen. It will never happen. Should you vote? Yes. Vote and move on and trust at the end of the day, the government rests on Jesus' shoulders. That's what I try to do, you know? The government can't change the world. The gospel is what's going to change the world. That's what's going to happen. But I see these people in these fights, and here's what's, as followers of Jesus, if that's who you are today, we should be known for what we're for, right? Not what we're against. But, I, but I'm careful saying that because we can, we can be deceived in our mind thinking, okay, I'm going to tell people what I'm for. And I can share it on, online. I'm pro-life. The Bible's pro-life. So what's wrong with that? Pastor, you said I can share my, my opinions and my uh, viewpoints. It's not mine. It's God. It's pretty clear. God's pro-life, so I'm going to go and I'm going to share it. Here, here's the issue I have. You shotgunning a message about your belief and even backing it up with God's word on issues that are very, they're divisive, whether you think they are or not. They're controversial in the world that we live in. Well, we're not supposed to be like the world. Okay, but the world is who we're trying to reach, right? So you can alienate yourself so much that you're no good for anybody, including Jesus. Is that what you want? That's not what I want. So you can go on there and say, you know what? God says this, and I'm going to vote this way. Great, vote that way. Do you need to publicize it to 4,000 people that you don't even know? And here's the issue. You publicize it to 4,000 people, and there's a woman, on the other hand, who had an abortion either last week or 20 years ago, and she's beating herself up. And she's feeling like crap. And then she sees, well, this, here's another one. Boy, the Bible says this. Well, God hates me. I screwed up. I'm worthless. Is that really winning somebody to Christ? I'm not saying your belief is wrong. I'm just saying, you don't even know these people that you're, you're sending it to. But you're going to share what you believe. My gosh, when I was in my drug addiction and desperate, 
Well, you know what I didn't need? I didn't need people walking up and saying, drugs are bad. I know. Well, drugs ruin lives. Drugs take dads from their homes. Drugs hurt families. Drugs hurt kids. I know. I get it. I'm wrecking my family right now. I get it. I feel like crap right now, but I can't stop. So rather than telling me how bad I am or how bad what I'm doing is, what if you were to wrap your arms around me and say, you know what? I love you. God loves you. There's hope for you. What if we did that with somebody? Do I have political views? Yes. Jesus had political views. But I would never shotgun it. You know what I would do to somebody? Regardless of what the controversial topic is, homosexuality, transgender, abortion, whatever, you name it. I'd want to have a relationship and love them. I would want to speak to them face to face and say, you know what, I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through, but I know Jesus loves you. And I know he won't give up on you. And I know regardless of where you've been or what you've done, you've got a king in heaven who loves you and adores you and will forgive you today. Because that's the God that we serve. That's the church I want to be. Does that make sense? Social media is like an iceberg. 10% is above the water. 90% is just below that. We don't even know what's going on. So it's just, well, I went kind of more on that than I thought I would, but it's a big deal. It's a big topic, and we live in a world where it's not going away. It's not the devil. It's not. The devil is the devil. He is the enemy, not social media. Use it in a way that encourages. Use it in a way that loves. Use it in a way that lifts people up. Don't we get enough negativity in our life? I want, I want, I want to know that I matter. I want you to know that you matter and that God loves you. I want you to know that so desperately. And I think we can use social media for that. But you know what I found about this? One, one of the most liberating things on this, one of the most powerful options on this, one of the most beautiful options on this is I open this up some days and I go onto Facebook or Insta and I hit a button. It's called unfollow. And I use it. And I encourage you to use it. Use it. Use it. Abuse it all day long. Don't be scared to use the unfollow button. Don't be afraid to use it. I do. I want to follow, follow positivity. I want to find people that want to grow and learn. I want to find people that are reaching people for Christ. That's what I want to wrap around because you become who you hang out with. You become what you listen to. You become what you watch. This is what God is telling us. Unfollow. Use it. Social media, one more thing. I think most of you probably don't get in political debates. I believe that. Most of you probably don't get in arguments on Facebook. But here's what a lot of, people, a lot of us do in social media. And this is me. Now I'm preaching to me too. Waste time. We just get sucked in, okay? We waste time. And the devil, he doesn't care if you're sinning as long as he keeps you busy. Because he knows if you're busy, you're not effective for the kingdom. And social media, you know, you see the cute little, oh my gosh, the little babies that are goo goo ga ga and they're saying funny things. And, you know, the cats that are dancing. I mean, well, cat videos aren't good. But um, uh, let's see, what are you, you know, the, the, the parents that are scaring the kids. And I watch these videos and you get sucked in. I start watching them on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Pretty soon it's Tuesday. I'm like, what happened? Where am I? What the heck? But So it's not the devil. It's a release sometimes. But don't get sucked in. Set guardrails. Set timers. Because the Satan's like, dude, spend all your time doing that. Because you ain't doing nothing for the kingdom. Our thoughts become actions. Our actions form habits. And habits define our life. This week, God brought me to 2 Corinthians. That's a book in the New Testament. And he showed me something that I wasn't expecting him to show me, but he'll do that when I prepare for messages. He's pretty cool that way. So I know this is from him to you, 
and to me. He brings me to 2 Corinthians 11.3. And listen to what he's telling you and I. He's saying, Monty, he's saying, church, the, the thing you're talking about today in church, change your thinking, to change your mind, it's been the issue since the beginning of time. It's been the issue since the beginning of time. Listen, Paul's writing to these Christians, and this is what he says. But I'm afraid that just as Eve, remember Adam and Eve, was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds, say mind, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and, devo sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You know what this tells me? You can have sincere devotion to Christ today, and you can be led away. People say, well, you can't fall away. I'm not talking salvation, whether you can save it. I, I'm not going. I'm just saying you can be pretty close to Jesus, and, and before you know it, you can be way away from Jesus. That's what I'm saying. And you know where it happens? In the mind. So, so after I read that, I'm like, interesting that he says, just like Eve, in the mind. So then I went back to Genesis 3. So in Genesis 1 and 2, if you don't know this, it's cool. Genesis 1 and 2, the world's perfect. Everything's perfect. Do you know that was God's plan all along, that the world would be perfect? Like we, no more, no, no sadness, no, no disease, no sickness. Adam and Eve, perfect, in a garden. And then you get to Genesis, Genesis 3, and you probably know the story. The devil disguises himself as a serpent and comes into the picture. And he messes with Eve's mind. He doesn't go after the flesh. He goes after the mind. And, and, you, know what he, and you know how he does it? He gets her to question God. And, and this is the first words the devil speak. He says, really? He puts, a, he puts a, a, a doubt in Eve's mind. Really? Did God say you can't eat from any of these trees? And that's not what God said. God just said, don't eat from one of them. See, but the devil's a liar. It's all he does is cast doubt and lie. And he puts this thought in Eve's head. Really? Your God's holding, God's holding out on you. You're, you're messing out. God, don't want, God doesn't want you to have what he has. It's in her, it all started in her mind. Guess what happened to Eve? Her mind, it led to action. She took a bite of a fruit, and then she gave some to her husband. It, it formed a habit. You and I have this habit today. It's called sin. I'd love to tell you I'm perfect, but I've sinned probably every day. No, I sin every day. And the sin can define our life if we choose to let it. Say, I have a choice. You have a choice to what you take in your mind. You have a choice of the neural pathways that you're going to carve or let God carve in your mind. You have a choice today. God has given you a choice, just like Adam and Eve had a choice. And we have a choice. And we can change our choice anytime we want. Did God really say that? That's what the people say today. God really says that? That's what, that's what the world says. When you're called to live different, you're called to be an alien, the world will say, really? What, God's, what do you mean you can't be intimate before you're married? Come on. The Bible, the Bible, it's written thousands of years ago. You don't even know if it's true. What do you mean? Can't do that. I can't, give 10% of my money? Yeah, well, what, who does that? Are you kidding me? Oh, the Bible. Oh, the Bible. Oh, I'm going to believe in the Bible says. Did God really say that? Don't believe that. This is what the devil does. And soon we start to conform. And we start to look like everybody else. But God today has called us to be different. God has called us to be different. If we want tomorrow to be better than today, I want to face tomorrow 
well, we have two choices. You can face it with anxiety or anticipation. When you start to change the way you think, you will start to face your days with anticipation. Do you know that? Because what you start to understand is that tomorrow it's still going to bring recessions. It's still going to bring terrorist activity. It's still going to bring natural disasters. Those things are going to happen. But when you understand that there's anticipation for a future, you know that regardless of that, Jesus, King Jesus, is coming back one day. You know what he's going to bring? No more sickness. No more sadness. No more tears. No more tragedy. No more struggle. Because in him, the best is truly yet to come. This is what he promises. But until that day comes, we're called to live here, now. Not alienating so much from people that they can't relate, but being different enough to where they're like, I want some of that. He's, she's different. She's, there's something about her. Yeah, there is. It's called Jesus. It's called Jesus Christ. That's what's different. And we can talk about the mind all day long, but unless Jesus Christ, His Spirit is in you, you will be like the world, guaranteed. Our only hope is Him. The Bible says it. I want to be a church. God has given me a word for year two of Meadows, which starts technically today. The word is action. Say action. I don't want to be a church that just shows up and sits. I want to be a church that acts. I want to be a church. I want you to hear a message. And people say to me all the time, Pastor, you're very motivational. And I love that. That's great. I want to be that. That will never stop. Pastor, you inspire me so much. Good. I hope so because the Bible is like the best news in the world. And I'm pretty excited about it. And that excitement will never change. It will never waver because I've been in a hole and God has lifted me up. And I will continually boldly preach the name of Jesus Christ with excitement, with enthusiasm, and spitting all over this microphone. I don't care. That's what I'm going to do because I love the Lord. But here's the deal. If all it is is motivation and nothing happens, it's noise. The greatest idea in the world is worthless unless it's followed up with action. Two questions. I pray to the Father in heaven that you'll take them and you'll do something with them. What is the one thing I need to stop? In the context of reading, watching, listening. What is the one thing I need to start in the context of reading, watching, and listening. I can't answer those for you. But God, I believe, I believe in his power. I've seen it happen every day. God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is in this place. God wants something in your life to change. And it starts in your mind. What's the one thing? And it's probably not as big and significant as you think. It might just be backing off a half hour and doing what I just said earlier. It might just be tweaking, you know, what you, what you allow in your, in your uh, playlist. It, it, it's... It's the small things. It's the small things that get the big results, but you got to do them consistently, right? You got to do them consistently. Someone came up to me and said, Pastor, hold on, wow. Am I? All right, I'm about done. They said, this, this thing I wear once in a while, they said, what's the scripture on it? They didn't ask me, they said, what's on it? I said, there's a scripture on it. The scripture, these are, for, these are my kids. I made these for my kids. Ava and Jake, they each have one. This is Ava's. Has her name right on it. Deuteronomy 14.2. Fifth book in the Bible. I'm reading it right now. You have been set apart as holy for the Lord. He's chosen you. He's chosen you, by the way. From the nations of the earth 
to be his own special treasure. That's what this says. I want my kids to know that they've been chosen, that they've been set apart as holy. Don't freak out with the word holy. It just means different. It just means set apart. You want that. It's a good thing. But this is what I wrote down afterwards. Living a holy life isn't the pathway to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to living a holy life. Okay? I'll repeat that for you. Living a holy life isn't the pathway to knowing Christ. I've tried that. It doesn't work. I need to do this. I've got to do that. I keep screwing up. And until you know Christ in your heart and your mind, you will keep screwing up. And even when you know him, you'll screw up, but at least you'll know it and you'll make it right. Living a holy life isn't the pathway to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to living a holy life. This is the gospel. After my second drug rehab, I sat in a church like you're sitting right now, and I looked up at a screen of Jesus on the cross, butchered and bloodied. And I, you know what I told myself? How I trained my mind? Here's what I said to myself. I looked at him and I thought, I am so unworthy, because I told myself that. I said, I'm worthless. I don't deserve what he did. That's what I told myself. I kept telling myself that. Keep telling yourself that. You'll believe it, and you'll live that way. I said, I'm worthless. I'm a horrible dad. I'm a horrible husband. Jesus, you didn't, you shouldn't have done that. Not for me. You can do it for you. You guys earned it. You deserve it. That's what I thought earned. I don't earn it. And literally, as I'm talking to you today, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, not audibly, but he said, I did it for you and I do it again. And he did it for you and he did it again. He died for you and he rose for you so that you might know him. And I, the last thing I'll say is this. If you need to make a decision a commitment or a recommitment to surrender your life to Christ that you believe he died for you and rose for you, don't leave this place until you do. The connection cards, mark the box. Give it to the prayer team. Give it to me. Give it to the guest services. But don't leave here. I know that there are people that God brought here today for that decision to say, you know what? I believe in what he said and I want God to change my mind. I want him to fill my heart. I want him to make me new. He will do that. He will do that. I'll invite the, prayer, the, the uh, team up, the worship team, and I'm going to pray for you. I apologize for keeping you a little long. I get excited because I'm, I get excited about life change. I get excited about the Spirit of the Lord. I get excited about Jesus Christ in you. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Thank you so much for your word and your truth. We love you. We thank you for giving us your power that we can exercise it and that we have a choice. We can change the way we think. We can allow you to change us, God by feeding ourselves your truth, feeding ourselves positivity, feeding ourselves encouragement, and doing that, God. We, I, I pray for everybody in this place, God, that there will be a church of action and do whatever you're telling them to do. The world, this is what I know about the world, God, and this is what you keep teaching me, and I know you want to teach your church. The world is bold for what it believes. So I'm here to declare something to you, Father, and to everybody, that we, as Meadows Church, will be bold for what we believe and that we are a church that believes that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And church, if you believe it, give God some praise. Give Him a shout. Give Him some glory. Lift up His name. Lift up His name. He's good. And He loves you. He loves you. His plans for you are incredible. God bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Hey, wherever you are, thanks so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you did. And if this blessed you in any way, man, we would love for you to subscribe to this channel, follow us on social media, and stay connected with us. And let me say most importantly, if you are ready to give your life to Christ or you want to make a decision for Jesus today, we would love it, man. Connect with us. Contact us at hello at meadows.church. Again, hello at meadows.church. Let us know what God is doing in your life. 